0: Well, I think you would agree with me that one of the things that we take for granted in life is power, energy, electricity. We don't think very much about it until it's gone, and then we think something about it. Last week, Dottie asked me to get something, or at least she asked me to find something that she thought was under our bed in the bedroom. And to see under the bed in the bedroom, I needed to get a flashlight. And so I have a little nightstand. I got my flashlight out and I click the little button that turns the flashlight on. But what I found was batteries dead. So there I was with a flashlight with no light. Now the solution, of course, just put some new batteries in the light. Or maybe one day you get in your vehicle and you reach up and push that start button and you hear that noise, it says, brrrr. Do you know what that means? It means the battery's dead. It's a bad feeling, especially depending on where you are. If you're in your driveway at home, it's not as bad, but like if you're down in the medical center at night by yourself in the parking garage, and you go back in and you hear that noise and you think, oh my gracious, no, this is not good. This is rather a bad feeling inside. Now the solution to that, there is a solution. In fact, there's several solutions. If you're a member of AAA, you can call AAA and they'll come and r- jumpstart your vehicle. Or you can call a family member, you can call a friend, somebody that you think would you know drive down there and help you. Or maybe you can find somebody around the hospital. But there is something that is really a great deal that I want to share with you this morning. I have, I did not even know this existed, but I have here a box of it was a gift to me and what it is, it is a portable, it is a portable uh, like jumper cables. It's called halo flashlight boat. And what you do, like you don't have to call anybody. You don't have to call, get jumper cable. Inside of this, you just hook these two cables up to your own battery and you mash a button on this thing. that's like a flashlight and in about 15 to 30 seconds, you're, 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 you can crank your car And I'm just so excited about it I just can't wait to be somewhere my battery won't work To see if this really works Now I want to share something with you That I, I don't know how to say this But I'm really excited about you And being here and all that I thought I need to do something to help the people So at the end of the service If you go by the bookstore uh, They have cases of these to sell and you get one, and listen carefully, write the check to me. Yeah, <laughs> Put my name on the check, and it will really help me kind of get ahead a little bit financially. No, there are none in the bookstore, but this would really be a great deal if you got out and had that problem. Now, with that said, you know, sometimes most of us, living where we live <clears throat> with storms, hurricanes, We've been at home at night, and all of a sudden, the lights go out. It's, it's not a good feeling. Like, all the lights are out, television's out, refrigerator's out, the freezer's out. You're in the dark. Now, you say to yourself, maybe the lights will come back on in a moment or two. Well, we've all been through that. And sometimes they don't come back in a moment or two. They don't come back in an hour or two. Sometimes we've had experiences where they didn't come back in certain areas for days here. Now, that's not a good feeling, but there's a solution. And the solution is, is purchase a generator. You can just buy a generator. I have a picture of one here. Uh, And what they do, they hook that generator up to your gas line So when your electricity goes out, your power goes out, that generator kicks on and you have lights all over the house. You can watch the television, (laughs) your your refrigerator's working, your freezer's working, everything is working. So that is a solution. Now, what I wanna talk to you about this morning is a different kind of generator. I wanna talk to you this morning about a generator. You don't have to, first of all, buy it. It's not for sale, it's a free gift. Not only that, it's not hooked up to a gas line. It's hooked up to something far better than a gas line. And you can possess it and have it available anytime you need it. If you simply ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, come into your life and make you a Christian because the Bible teaches us when we do that, that the Holy Spirit of God comes in to live in us. In other words, His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, invades our spirit. And so inside, we really have a spiritual generator. So that as we're journeying through life, And we encounter difficult things, challenging things. We begin to feel defeated. We begin to feel frustrated. We begin to feel empty. What we have available to us in the person of the Holy Spirit is a power to get us through whatever we may go through in life. Now, with that little introduction, would you open your Bible, please, to the book of Titus, the book of Titus it's over somewhat near the end of the New Testament. If you find the book of Hebrews and back up just a moment or two, you'll be in the little book of Titus. Now, maybe maybe you're not familiar with this man, Titus. We have a book in the Bible named after him. Well, the apostle Paul led Titus to know Jesus Christ. In other words, he was a convert of the apostle Paul. Not only that, he became one of the Apostle Paul's assistants. He was like on his ministry team. In fact, in the book of Corinthians, uh, he says a beautiful thing about the Apostle Paul. He, I mean, about Titus. He refers to him as my partner and fellow worker in the ministry. You know, that's a, that's a blessed thing. That's special to me because as I think about my years as a minister, and I think back about people that had been my partner, been my fellow workers with me in the ministry, and not only way back, but even even now. And and in one way, as a church, that's what we are as a body of believers, we are partners and fellow workers in the ministry. And together we can do things that make a greater difference in kingdom work than we would do out here by ourselves. So Titus was very special, and Paul wrote in this letter, and if you look with me in chapter 3, he he says something I want us to see this day. In verse number 3, Titus chapter 3, verse 3, he begins by talking about his life before he became a Christian. He said, we ourselves were also foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice, envy, hateful, and hating one another. Now that's how Paul said at one time he was in his life. He said, but, now look next, verse 4, he's going to talk about the difference God made in his life. But when the kindness of the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration if you're a bible underliner i wish you underline that little phrase washing of regeneration and phrase number two to underline and what does he say renewing of the holy spirit and we'll be back to that in a few minutes, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, two important words that will help us grasp who we have and what we have in this spiritual generator that lives inside of us. First of all, is this word redemption, redemption you're in the book of Titus, if you go back in chapter number 2, look with me in verse 13. Paul's writing, he says, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, now watch carefully, that he might redeem us, there's the word, redeem, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed, and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Redemption, listen carefully, redemption solves your sin problem. I love the verse in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins. So how how are we redeemed? We are redeemed by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, he, he, he bought us and got us out of our sinful nature of slavery and, our, and, and, and all the things we do to rebel against God, and he set us free from all that. Over in 1 Peter chapter 1, it says, we were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Christ. Lamb without blemish and without spot. So it's a beautiful, it's a wonderful thing. That's what redemption's talking about. We have been redeemed. But now this other word that's so very important we see in our text in chapter three, this little word regeneration, regeneration. It could be translated born again. It could be translated born from above. It's what Jesus said to Nicodemus, marvel not that I say to you, Unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom of God. So this regeneration and redemption there, they're talking about big picture, the same thing from from different views, but you put them together. This this matter of regeneration means that we have within us a spirit-empowered life as God's children. Now, let me ask a question. It's a very fair question. Are you saved? Now, think about that a moment. Are you saved? Three possible answers. Yes, no, not sure. And you're in one of those groups. Now, I hope you're in the group that would say, my answer is I know I'm saved. I am saved. But we must understand, just because we're in the this room or because we're watching by streaming does not mean we're saved it just means we're in this room every sunday after sunday after sunday we see people we saw it this morning eight people the first service stood saying i've just prayed and asked jesus to come into my heart and it's just unbelievable so I'm asking this question, are you saved? Now, if your answer is yes, listen carefully. I want to say something very helpful. If you say, you know, I'm not asking you if you're perfect. I'm not asking you, are you sinless? None of us are. I'm asking you, are you saved? Have you ever asked Jesus to come into your heart, forgive you of your sins and make you a Christian? And if you say, yes, that's my answer. Hear me carefully. When you did that, the Holy Spirit of God came to indwell you. In other words, the Holy Spirit invaded your spirit. So you have a spirit. And then the Holy Spirit comes to invade our spirit. You see, we live inside of these bodies. But the fact of the matter is, the Bible is very clear. Every Christian is indwelt with the Holy Spirit. I I love those verses that are so very clear about that. One's in Romans chapter 8, where the statement is made, if anyone does not have the Spirit of God, he is none of his. Now that's spoken to individual people. So I say to you, the Bible is saying, if you do not have the Holy Spirit living in you, then you're not a Christian, you're not a believer. And you can do something about that this morning. In Paul's letter to the believers in Corinth, he asked this question, do you not know, he's asking the church, that you are the temple of God and that the Holy Spirit dwells in you? So here's how the deal works. We live life. We're Christian. You're Christian. But on this journey of life, things happen. Sometimes they're difficult things. Sometimes they're things you wish had never happened. Sometimes they're just really hard things, and, and you say, you know, I don't understand it. I'm a Christian. I, I do believe the Bible is clear. The Holy Spirit lives in me to give me uh, energized life, to give me power, to give me uh, just almost like an electricity to get through these things, but you see, I'm frustrated and I'm discouraged and I, I, I just feel like I'm at the end of the rope and I'm about to let go. You know, what, what has happened? Well, I want to mention that because this is, the, this is a really important part of what we're talking about this morning. If you're a Christian, see, all of us go through things in life that in our own strength, we just don't do very well getting through those things. But we have living in us an energy source, a power that is available no matter what comes our way to rise above defeat, to rise above frustration, to rise above that feeling that you're just empty and it's hopeless. How how can a Christian with the Holy Spirit living in them, get to that state. Two ways, and the Bible is very clear. One of those ways is you can grieve, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, I wish you'd turn your Bible back in the book of Ephesians. Just back up a little bit in the book of Ephesians in chapter number four. And uh, I want us to look at a verse. In Ephesians chapter four in verse 30. It's a very interesting verse. The Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now that little phrase, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God teaches us something very important. Number one, the Holy Spirit is a person. Things can't be grieved. Philosophies can't be grieved. Ideas can't be grieved. Only people can be grieved. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is he. He is God, the third part of the Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So the actual Spirit of God comes to live in our spirit. A second thing we learn is we just look at that verse, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, as he loves us. You see, the fact is, only a person who loves can be grieved. So you have living in you a person, and he loves you. And the Spirit of God that inspired the Scriptures to be written says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, the, the, the idea is do not do, not, uh, do anything that would, that would hurt his feelings. The Holy Spirit of God is very, very sensitive. Back in the Gospel of John in chapter 1, you might read the verse later, it's in verse 32. John the Baptist one day looked up and saw Jesus coming, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then he says, I saw the Spirit descending upon him like a dove, D-O-V-E not like a pigeon, like a dove, and he remained on him. When you read that verse in John chapter 1, verse 32, that, that word remained is a big, important word. So this is what John the Baptist saw happening. The Spirit came down like a dove and remained on Jesus. Now, in Dr. Kendall's book, maybe you've read or maybe not, the sensitivity of the spirit he has one entire chapter on the difference between a pigeon and a dove and you say in a nutshell what is the difference well in a nutshell you can go into a park you go anywhere where there are pigeons and you can throw out some food and you'll have more pigeons (laughs) they come out of nowhere And you can walk right through them. Now, they'll scatter a little bit for you to walk. They're not going to stand and let you step on them. But they don't fly away. Now, a dove is totally different. A dove is very sensitive. The slightest noise, a dove will just flutter away. A dove will just flutter away. Now, here's what we have to understand. Listen very carefully. The Holy Spirit is pictured in the Bible as a dove. He's very, very sensitive. And there are things that we can do that hurt his feelings. Now, he doesn't leave us. In fact, look back in our verse again. It says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed. No, you don't lose the Holy Spirit. But here's what we do lose we lose our closeness, we lose our intimacy. And, and it's just like it just kind of flutters away. The old Puritans used to say, it's a very, very interesting thing. They said, the Holy Spirit comes by foot, but he leaves by horseback. What that means is the Holy Spirit comes very slowly, very quietly, but he leaves very rapidly. He comes by foot. He leaves by horseback. Now you say, well, what, what could I do that would hurt the Holy Spirit's feeling? Well, you're in verse 30. Maybe it's connected to verse 29. It says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. In other words, one of the things we can do to hurt the Holy Spirit's feelings, cause him to kind of flutter away, is our words, things we say, how we say what we say. That's one thing. Or maybe... If you look in verse 31, the verse that follows verse 30, it it has a list of things that could grieve the Holy Spirit. Look at number one thing on the list, bitterness. We live in such bitterness. It's beyond anything I've ever seen. Bitterness, just bitterness. Wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking. Then it says, verse 32, be kind to one another. So if we're not kind... It grieves the Holy Spirit, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. You say, I just can't forgive so-and-so. Understand something. This is so important. You are grieving the Holy Spirit. You're not losing the Holy Spirit, but you're losing an awareness of His special presence, which is what the anointing of God is. And you've had times in your life where you just felt so close to God. It's just like God was just standing right next to you. It's just like God almost was hugging you. Those are precious. They're rare times, but they're special times. And during those times, you you have a peace of mind. You can think clearly. You have confidence. You have courage. Why is all that? Because your spiritual electricity has kicked in. The Holy Spirit that lives in you is enlivening you and giving you a fresh and a new energy. I love that verse. It says, the outer man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. So one of the things we can do, the Holy Spirit lives in you if you're a Christian, but you can grieve the Holy Spirit. Second thing the Bible teaches you can do, you can quench the Holy Spirit. Now, turn turn over in the book of of second if of First Thessalonians. Turn over in First Thessalonians. Be going, uh, and I'll just wait a moment for you to find your place in First Thessalonians, chapter number five. First Thessalonians, chapter number five, verse nineteen. We read a second thing we can do to cause the. Holy Spirit, just to kind of flutter from our closeness, and here it is: it says, "Do not quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit." Now, this is not grieving the Spirit; this is quenching the Spirit. Uh, you know, this whole idea of quenching the Spirit—it's like stifling the Spirit, like like smothering the Spirit. It's kind of like you know putting a campfire out. You're just going to quench the fire, or you're going to blow a candle out you're you're quenching the flame on that and that can happen in your life the fire can just be quenched what's happened the holy spirit is just he's just fluttered he's just fluttered and his anointing is not on you and it's a sad thing you have a power to get you through anything and everything but this is not happening you say well what are some things i could do to quench the holy spirit go against his agenda this service when God made clear to us those who had sought for really probably close to three years what to do here and we had done our homework but we still needed a word from God and then God just made it clear and we shared it the first Sunday in March of this year Right up here with if you weren't here, Jimmy Herwick, John, and I all sat on a stool and shared that God had made clear to us that our church was to begin a contemporary worship service. Okay? Now, we we didn't know when it was going to begin. We did not know who would come be the worship leader to lead the service. God just told us what we to do, and we shared it. The church is very affirming. Now, it's obviously been affirmed by the way it's done since it began. But but here's the here's the bottom line: had we said no, now we feel like that's what God tells us to do. But you know this and that and yonder, and and uh, we just we went against that. Listen, we would have quenched the Holy Spirit, His anointing on this whole church. Not only on our life, individually. I mean, it would be like God would have removed His hands of anointing from our church until we repented of that. So I'm saying to you, if the Holy Spirit makes clear to you this is His agenda for your life, whatever it may be, if you say no to that, You have quenched the Spirit. His anointing is not going to be the same on your life. And we just need to guard against that. Or limit in the Spirit. Never limit what the Holy Spirit can do. Go back to Harvest Day. If had anyone said to me, Harvest Day this year is going to be the largest harvest day you've ever had in the church in all the years you're here. (laughs) I've just said you know you need to see a psycho person yeah you don't understand it about a third of our people are coming to church we 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 were behind our budget like before harvest day like four hundred and six thousand dollars and somebody telling me that well let me tell you never limit what the Holy Spirit can do whether it be at church or your life You know, you're out here in the real life just like the rest of us. And sometimes I think we quench the Holy Spirit because we look at something and say, I just don't see any way I could do that. I don't see how in the world this would happen. Listen, it's exciting to do things that can only be explained, God did it. Could I have an amen to that? God did it. A supernatural explanation, God did it. And he normally does it through his people. But he's not limited to his people. So, to those who are saved, listen carefully. <laughs> you have the Holy Spirit in you. You say, I believe that. The Bible teaches that. Okay. Guard against uh, grieving the Holy Spirit, hurting his feelings. Guard against quenching the Holy Spirit. You've got that down. Well, what else am I to do? All right. It's in our text. His mercy saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, listen carefully, throughout every day, throughout every day, you need to have fresh renewings of the Holy Spirit. And I think this is where we fall short. We, we don't even think about it. Hey, I've trusted Jesus. He's forgiven me my sins. The Holy Spirit lives in me. That's right. But if you don't have fresh renewings throughout every day, Fresh renews. You say, how do I have fresh renewings, Pastor? Number one, confess your sin as quickly as you're aware you did it. Confess your sins immediately. Don't don't wait till you get home at night to have your Bible reading or say in the morning, I have my Bible reading. I'm going to ask God to forgive me of this and this. this." Listen, Mm -mm. if you get a piece of trash in your eye, you're not going to wait till you get home at night to look in the mirror to see about getting anything out. You're going to go immediately to a restroom wherever you are to try to look in your eye and you see the speck, you're going to get it out then. That's how it is with a with sin. If you think something, say something, or do something that does not measure up to God's standard, the Bible calls it sin. And so I say to you, as you go through every day, and all of us do, And we always, all of us, we fall short here. We fall short here. But as we do, and we're aware we fell short. Oh, I said something in a way I shouldn't have said. it. I thought something I shouldn't have thought. I did something I should not have done. Or I didn't do something I should have done. Listen, when that comes to your mind, immediately you confess that and put it under the blood of Jesus. And His blood washes that away whiter than snow. Could I have an amen to that? Oh my. Number two, renewing of the spirit throughout the day. Confess your sins as you commit them. Number two, guard against grieving the Holy Spirit. Guard against quenching the Holy Spirit. Now, to those who ask and when I asked, answered, I said, are you a Christian? Your answer was no. Or your answer was, I'm not sure. I don't know. That's your honest answer, it's a fair answer. Many people, that's an honest answer. Don't ever be ashamed to say, I'm not sure. Like I'm asking, are you 100% sure? You say, I don't know, I think so. I believe so, I hope so, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, listen carefully, the only power you have is your own power. Now listen, that's okay as long as everything is going well with you. But here's the problem. In this journey we call life, everything does not go well. No, no. In this world, you will have tribulations, Jesus said. So if everything just went well all the time, you are strong enough and smart enough. You have a brain. You can do. You can handle it. Yeah, as long as everything's going pretty well. But then, when things are not going well, your power (laughs) is a disaster. (laughs) It's a disaster. I mean, great, day in the morning, it doesn't work. But here's the good news. You can deal with that. There's a solution. There's a solution, just like the flashlight, batteries, batteries. The car battery, the solution, the lights go out. There's a solution. There's a solution spiritually. All you need to do is admit to God that you're a sinner, ask God to forgive you of your sins, come into your life and make you a Christian, and listen carefully, then trust God to do what you've just asked him to do. Trust God to do that.